Many of you uh, know Sherry from Bethel days or know her from when I, we first came here. She was here with us all the time teaching women's Bible studies. Those of you who have been here only in the past few years wonder, is he really married? I never see his wife anywhere. <laughs> this is my wife. This is my wife, Sherry. And uh, Sherry uh, was asked about three years ago, three and a half years now, if she would come and be an interim associate pastor for United Methodist Church. Uh, Pat, Sherry is a converged pastor. We're a converged church. And uh, about a year and a half ago, they asked her to be their lead pastor. So she is on loan from Converge to the United Methodist Church and uh, is now the lead pastor at a United Methodist Church called The Well in Rosemont. So that's why you don't see her. We're still together. We're still very happy. So just want to make sure you know that. Um, what does it say, girls? What? Is that, was I supposed to say anything else? No. Oh, good. <laughs> I got to make sure I get permission to do it right. Well, it's a joy to be here this morning. Uh, some of you know Jason Steffenhagen. He has joined me at the well as our new young associate, and we just hired Josh Smith, who is also a Bethel person as our worship director. And in two weeks, we are bringing on Katie Levenick, who is also a Bethel grad. So it is wonderful to see this uh, very evangelical Methodist church embrace so many Bethel folks as we continue to serve the Lord and others. I always tell people that on Sunday mornings, Don and I drive down uh, Tamarack in Woodbury, and he goes 694 north as I'm going 494 south, and we always stop and wave, and as we go and we serve the Lord in different settings, and then we come back uh, in the afternoon. How, how was your Sunday? How, how was your time? And uh, we share that together. So I feel like I've been a part of you as I uh, walk with Don as he serves here. In 2020, it was a brutal year. And uh, at the end of 2020 in December, we were thinking about what we were praying and hoping that 2021 would bring. And we decided uh, as a couple that we wanted to focus a little bit more on us as we serve everyone else. And my dad was in long-term care, and just uh, with Eric's cancer, we decided we need to take some time for us. So 2021 was gonna be the year of this is us. And uh, that, that was our commitment as we walked and got healthy and all these things. But the reality is that 2021, we would probably define more as the year of the storm as God has walked with us in the midst of the storms, but as Eric's cancer has uh, continued to come back with a vengeance, and as my father broke his hip and uh, was in transitional care and then on hospice, two hours before my dad died, I received a call that I had breast cancer. And so this has been quite the year of us, and instead, I think it's been the year of us in the midst of the storm. One of the passages of scripture that has been powerful for both of us as we have thought about this year is the passage in Mark 4 where Jesus calms the storm. And it's a powerful passage, I think, for all of us. Anyone else have a hard year in 2021 and feel like you are in the midst of the storms of life? In Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, 
we hear powerful words that the day, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats that were with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Storms in the Sea of Galilee were often quite common because of the nature and the landscape and the hills surrounding this lake. Storms were often a common sight, but we see something unusual in this passage. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. In the midst of the waves and the wind and the storm, Jesus had utter peace and was sleeping on a cushion. I think that's powerful for us to remember that in the midst of the storms, Jesus is there. But Jesus has a sense of peace and a sense of calm. The disciples, on the other hand, woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So often in our lives, in the midst of the storms or the uncertain circumstances in our life, it's easy for us to think, Jesus, where are you? God, don't you care that I'm going through these circumstances? Aren't you here? And at times we feel alone and we feel that we are going to quickly drown in the midst of the storms of our life. Such words of comfort. Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still, be still. Reminds me of Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Cease striving and know that I am God. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid of the storms and the circumstances of your life? Do you still have no faith? They had seen him perform miracles. They had heard his teaching of faith. They had seen and experienced great and mighty things up to this point. But once again, he reminds them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. When the storms of life come, it is Jesus who is there. It is Jesus who calms the storms in our life, who speaks such powerful words of truth and hope and peace to each and every one of us. Be still. Do not be afraid, for I am here. Don and I have quickly learned that in the midst of the storms of life, they will come. And at times when we least expect it, we can have rest and we can have peace because it is the Lord who walks with us, it is the Lord who is present in the storms. And it is God who is our source of strength, it is God who is our source of peace in the midst of the storms. My doctorate's in faith development and spiritual formation, and I often will do retreats, and I'll say to people, I want you to start your day before your feet even hit the ground by praying. This is the day that God has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And before your feet hit the ground, give your day to the Lord. Give your worries, give your fears, give your burdens, give your storms to the Lord. 
and ask God to walk with you and lead you each and every step of the day. Because there's something powerful when we're lying in bed and we're praying and we're giving that day to the Lord. Because as soon as our feet hit the ground, things seem to change. The last few months when my dad was in hospice, I started a new tradition. I would pray, Lord, this is your day. And then I began to walk. Don and I typically would walk every day. We would walk and pray. And because of our schedules changing, I started walking with a new man in my life, a man by the name of Matt Redman. I don't know if you are familiar with Matt Redman, but he sang this song, uh, The Heart of Worship. I'm going back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Lord. So I take my phone and I put my Spotify on and I would start my day with Matt Redman. And I would listen to three songs every day. I've done this probably for four months now. Every day, I listen to the truth and the promises of God in the midst of the storms through the words of Matt Redman. The first song that I listen to is Matt Redman's song, 10,000 Reasons. And every morning I hear God's reminder, the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. This is a day the Lord has made. It's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again. And every day I am reminded it's a new day. This is the day that God has made and I will sing God's song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. And I sing that, I worship that to the Lord as Matt Redman and I walk around my neighborhood. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I will worship your holy name. In the midst of the storms, I put my eyes on the Lord. We will worship your holy name. It's powerful. So I start out with 10,000 reasons, then I go to it's the heart of worship. I don't know how my Spotify did that, but I'm telling you, it's amazing. Sun comes up, worship, it's the heart of worship. And then the last few months, when I was diagnosed with cancer, a new song came into the playlist, Gracefully Broken. It is a powerful song that has taken on such significant meaning for me in this journey. Take all I have in these hands. This is your day, Lord. Take all I have in these hands and multiply God all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set, my, set me on fire, set me on fire. Here I am, God, arms wide open, pouring out my life gracefully broken, that in the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of the waves and in the midst of the unknown and those moments in our life where we cry out to the Lord going, God, are you here? I only seem to see the waves and I only seem to see the dark clouds. God, are you here? We hear the words of promise and truth. My heart stands in awe of your name. Your mighty love stands strong to the end. 
you will fulfill your purposes in me. I hear God's word, you will fulfill your purpose in me. You will not forsake me. You will be with me. Here I am, Lord, arms wide open, pouring out my life, gracefully broken. The words of Jesus give us the invitation to enter into peace with the Lord. In the midst of the storms, we find rest and renewal right in the middle of the circumstances of our life today, today. Not when our circumstances change, but today we can have that peace. In Matthew 11, we hear the powerful invitation to G from Jesus. Any of us weary and tired here today? Any of us had a hard year? Any of us overwhelmed by circumstances in our life? Jesus says to us an invitation to all of us who are exhausted, to all of us who are weary and tired. Come. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That word come is a powerful invitation. That is an invitation that Jesus gave to his disciples in powerful, transforming moments of their life. I love in the first chapter of John when John the Baptist is talking to his disciples. And John says, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is walking by, and John the Baptist points the disciples that are his at the moment and says, behold, the Lamb of God. Two of those disciples begin to follow Jesus. We know that one of them is Andrew, the brother of Peter. And as Andrew and the other disciple are following Jesus at a distance, all of a sudden Jesus stops. I love this and turns around and says to them, what do you want? What do you want? They kind of fumble and they say, well, uh, we want to know where you're staying. And Jesus says a powerful invitation, come and see, come and see. A few chapters later in John, we see that Jesus is walking along the seashore, and he sees this, these two brothers, Andrew again, and his brother Peter. And he says to them, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He goes on to two other brothers, James and John, and he says, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That word come is a powerful invitation of discipleship, of transformation and surrender. Come to me. If you are weary and your burden and the wind is rocking your world and life is weary, if you come to me, Jesus says, I will give you rest. How will I do that? Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and lean on me. Lean on me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest in the midst of the storms. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
The yoke that Jesus is referring to is a yoke of discipleship and surrender. Jesus is using the image of a heavy wooden yoke that would rest on the shoulders of ox. He is saying to them, life is not going to be easy because Jesus doesn't offer a life of luxury or life without storms or waves or burdens. The yoke is still an oxen's tool for working hard and leaning in. One of the women in my church is going through a traumatic illness. And every text she sends me, at the end she says, shoulders back, shoulders back, lean in, here we go. It doesn't mean that life at times is not hard, but it is a shared yoke with Jesus. It is a shared oak that Jesus carries the heavy burdens and walks with us and beside us and at times in our life lifts us and carries us through that journey. I love this passage from the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, of grace. I won't lay ev anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. We walk with Jesus as Jesus carries us and leads us in surrender as we are gracefully broken in our lives. One of the women that I used to work with at Bethel in campus ministries uh, was a dear friend named Carmen. And one day when I uh, was there, Carmen was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. It, it, it was a brutal journey. And uh, to fight this uh, stage four cancer, they told her that she was gonna have to have uh, what our son refers to as the sledgehammer chemo. And they told her that she was going to lose her hair. And Carmen had this beautiful hair, just gorgeous hair. And Carmen, being Carmen, decided to take charge of this. And instead of her hair falling out in clumps, she decided that she was going to shave her head. So this woman with this beautiful hair decided that she was going to shave her head, told us, this is the day my friend is going to shave my head. She came into Campus Mysteries the next day with a turban and a shaved head, and I said, how are you doing? How, how was that? I know that had to be really hard for you. And she said, as my friend was shaving my head, I suddenly had this image of our little son, Ross. When he was a little boy, he hated getting his hair cut. Any of you have kids that hated getting their hair cut? It can be traumatic. And she said, uh, when Ross was a little boy, to get him to sit still and not scream and to be able to get his hair cut so it looked halfway decent, her husband Dave would first sit in the chair 
And then they would put little Ross on Dave's lap, and Dave would put his arms around him and probably keep him uh, pretty steady so that the barber could cut Ross's hair. And she said, I had this image as my friend was shaving my head. I thought of Ross sitting in his father's lap. And suddenly I felt as my friend was shaving my hair that I was sitting in my heavenly father's lap. And I knew the peace and the comfort and the power of God that was there in the midst of this incredibly painful storm in her life. God's strength is our source of strength. It is the Lord who calms the storms. It is the Lord, by God's grace, who is with us and walks with us. When we feel all of the crushing of life around us and the waves and the wind seems too much and we cannot go another day, it is the Lord that renews us, that restores our soul and gives us strength so that we can rise above life's storms. I had my lumpectomy on July 7th, and I don't know what Don was thinking, but he decided to get cataract surgery on July 8th. So uh, the next few days, he's getting me ice packs, and I'm putting drops in his eyes. And at one point, I looked at him, and I said, we are quite the pair as we uh, are going through these journeys together. Started radiation last Monday. I go Monday through Friday and I'll have 20 treatments. And to be honest, I was rather anxious, son, what this would be. And at times it's the unknown of the storm that is challenging. Many of you know we have twin daughters named Lauren and Lindsay. And so when I walked into uh, radiation at Piper Cancer Institute, I was greeted by my two women that'll walk this journey with me who are my radiologist specialists. And their names are Lauren and Lindsay. And I said to Don, I feel like God just whispering to me, I'm here. I am here. I am here in the midst of the storm. And as you walk with me, and as you take my yoke, you will see my presence and my power. And our story becomes the story of hope and grace to others. When uh, Sherry and I were thinking about the theme, this today and the next week is a, just a two-week, short two-week series, and we called it uh, He Restores Our Soul, it wouldn't have been nice if we could have said, God takes all our problems away. Our emotional problems, our spiritual problems, our physical problems. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a great message that he just takes them away? But he doesn't. Sherry said, he walks alongside us in the storm. God's with us. And that's what we can hang on to because God teaches us through that. You know, we've, you know I know that people that are watching online, people here are saying, the stuff I'm going through, you've got, you got some things in your plate, but my life is much worse than that, and that's true. Some of you are going through much greater storms, but you're able to find oftentimes a peace in that that restores you because God's walking with you. I want to take a, just a couple minutes looking at a very familiar passage. It's in Isaiah chapter 40. We'll look at verse 28 to 31. Here, for the first uh, 39 chapters, 
Isaiah is preaching to the children of Israel saying, you know, there's going to be exile, you're going to be captured, you're going to be in captivity, you're going to be going through a lot of trials, and you're going to get weary. In verse 40, though, he says, do you not know, have you not heard? Well, of course they have. They've been following God for centuries, though they've walked away from him, but they knew the story. And I think that's kind of also what God's saying to us. Don't you know what I can do? Don't you know who I am? I think sometimes it's easy when we're dealing with our own issues. We know in our head, but we kind of forget who God is. He says, the Lord is the everlasting God. Many of the idols and and people they had in the Old Testament during Isaiah's time weren't everlasting. God is saying, I'm the everlasting God. I'm here from before time began. I'll be here long. I will never be. I'm not not bound by time. I'm everlasting. And I'm the creator of the ends of the earth. This earth here, everything you know, and all the galaxies. Not only did I create them, but I sustained them. They were able to continue on because I hold them up. And that's how God holds us up. He created us, he sustains us. He says, God will not grow weary, he will not be tired. In his understanding, no one can fathom. It's easy to think that, well, maybe God is tired, or maybe I just, I don't know. It doesn't seem to get, don't seem to get answers. We're going to talk, today we're here looking at God's word. Next week we're going to try, I'm going to talk more about what does that practically mean? What does it mean from a practical sense? How does God do that? How does God restore our soul? And we'll spend time next week talking about that. And verse 29 says, He gives strength to the weary. So when we're weary, weary, when we're worn out, when life seems overwhelming, our strength comes from Him. Again, it doesn't say He takes all our troubles away, but He gives us strength to go through it when we're weary. And And He increases the power when we're weak. When we're weak, he increases our power. That's where we get our strength from. Um, it's interesting when you look at, uh, i trying to find this. Uh, let's go down, uh, but though, in verse 31, here's a part that's really interesting. It says, but those who hope in the Lord, and a lot of uh, you who have learned this verse or read another uh, translation says those who wait on the Lord. Those of us who really trust God, who wait on him, we're going uh, to trust that he is the best for us, will renew their strength. And the word renew here is interesting. It's kind of like the word exchange. In other words, we exchange something bad for something good. It's going to renew our strength. Back, or I should say in Colossians chapter 3, the apostle Paul talks a lot about this. He says, take things that are, that are not good for you, like anger and rage and malice and greed. Get rid of those and put on. He's talking about actions. He wants us to get away, get rid of these things and put on compassion and kindness and tenderness and humility and love. So it's something we do. We do that with God's strength. And here it says, he will renew us. He doesn't just zap us with his magic God wand. He says what? Those who hope in the Lord, who wait in the Lord, will renew their strength. God gives us the ability to say, I'm choosing. We make some actions and realize that God is in control. I'm not in control. 
I'm going to surrender my life to God. I'm going to exchange the things that aren't working, things that the bad messages, the, the bad attitudes, the disappointment, the fear, the frustration I have. I'm going to exchange that for God's trust because he is here walking through us. And the, in reality, God is saying, it is hard. It is tough. He, it says in, verse, in the first verse we looked at, and his, his understanding no one can fathom. He understands like no one else can. I often say to people when I visit them who are going through a very, very, extremely tough time, and they say, where is God? I often say, God's right here crying with you. I truly believe that God cries with us when we're going through a hard time. Because this is not how he designed the world. Because it's fallen, he knows that we're going through really hard times. He understands it more than we can, and he weeps with us because he is with us. But we can, he renews our soul, way down deep in our soul, because we trust in him and know that he is in control and he loves us. So that what? So that we can, so that we can mount up with wings like eagles, we can soar, we can run and not grow weary, we can walk and not be faint. That sounds like a kind of a fairy tale, doesn't it? But some of us who have gone through really tough times realize that even, like Sherry said, even in the storm, even in the midst of our trials, God is the one who meets us there, who restores our soul, and allows us to soar. Let me pray. Father, we're so grateful that you love us. Father, we, we admit, we we. we Understand that you are in control, that you not only made this or you sustain it, you sustain us, you give us the, the power to be able to manage our life through the storm. Thank you that you do love us. Thank you that you haven't forgotten us. Thank you that you haven't walked away from us, Father, but that you're here with us, that you weep with us because you understand. Father, we, we surrender our lives and our, our emotional concerns, our physical concerns, and our spiritual concerns, and give them to you, because you know without you, we cannot make it through this journey. And we, we're so grateful for your love. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. So as we leave this place, may we leave as people of hope. May we leave as people clinging to the promises of God that in the midst of the storms of our life, that God is with us, May we be people who each and every day stop and say, this is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will live this day to the fullest. Here I am, Lord, gracefully broken. May God give you hope. May God give you peace. May God give you strength. As we fix our eyes on Jesus each and every day. So shoulders back. Let's go. God bless. Have a great week.